The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Roberts. And as always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Roberts. And here on the Tuesday edition of The Yard, I uh, hoped to record yesterday. They kind of got away from me, had some events I had to attend, and uh, I didn't want to rush the show. And then I got to thinking, you know what, <clears throat> if we beat LSU... And we did. How wonderful would it be to have a recap today of a huge win, probably the biggest win so far in the Sam Purcell era. So here we are. We'll be back tomorrow, back on schedule, and hopefully recapping a uh, big win over Ole Miss in men's basketball. But uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to feel good about. You know, we talked about recently, this fan base needs something to get excited about. And we had some big wins, uh, you know, kind of down the stretch on the recruiting side of things on football and so that those were exciting moments but uh there was still you know a little bit of trepidation we're like you know hey we didn't maybe do as much as we needed to in the portal maybe didn't get a difference maker on defense that we'd hoped and so even as excited as we were about the players we got there was still some sense of i don't know incompletion i guess and I got some people that messaged me. It's like every time we lose, it's the only time I hear from these people. And uh, it's to be honest with you, it's been nice not to hear from you as of late because it means we're winning. It's like, oh, I don't know the chance is the answer. I don't know the Purcell is the answer. And listen, we had reasons to be concerned, especially on the men's side. But uh, as I said last week, you know, it's like every time that I think that we're in trouble, Christians and the team seems to rally. They're capable of playing with nearly anybody. There are going to be some times at night that we're going to be on the floor and we're going to be maybe a little bit outclassed. But um, when we play in our arena with our fans, and our fans have been absolutely outstanding this year, absolutely outstanding, and they were again last night, we're difficult to beat. Uh, We're going to need some Bulldogs to turn out tonight in Oxford. It's going to be a great environment, I'm sure, and we hope that there's a lot of Bulldogs there. It's uh, always so interesting when we play Ole Miss. And that was the, you know, the Ben Howland special was you'd find a way to split with those guys. But a uh, big, big ball game. We're going to preview that. We're going to review uh, last night's game as well. Uh, so many good things to talk about. It feels so good to win. I mean, I tweeted that out, and I say this on the show all the time. And, you know, we invest so much of our – 
our finances, our emotions, our hopes, our dreams, and the college athletics. And it's great to get some return on that investment. And we've had that here in the last few days. And we're going to feel good about that. We're going to be excited about the direction of our men's and women's basketball programs. And uh, I think the best is yet to come. I, I really do. I think that we're a much better team on both sides than uh, maybe some of our fans give us credit for. And I know a lot of it's, you know, we're always trying to find a coping mechanism when things don't go the way we want. We're like, oh, I told you so. I told you so. Uh, guys, I love being wrong when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, I do. I love it when it's like, you know what, I don't, I don't think we're going to win, and then we do, right? And I, I'd be honest with you, I thought Auburn was a terrible matchup for us. And give Christians and the staff a lot of credit for finding a way to kind of neutralize that Auburn offense, which is very good in transition, and to win a game when maybe Tolo Smith didn't have his best offensive showing. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We'll preview the Ole Miss game. Uh, we'll talk some other recruiting stuff. A lot to talk about, for sure. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show. I love Bulldog Burger Company. And the thing that I have found is that um, I get a particular craving every now and again, and it just leads me back in there because it's the only place that I can get those things. I can get that BLT salad. I prefer it grilled. You may like it fried. I'm not judging. I mean, I'm from South Mississippi. I understand everything's better fried in the eyes of many. Uh, but the main reason you go for those great restaurant-quality hamburgers, if you're new to Bulldog Burger Company, have the Bulldog. Okay? You can't go wrong with the Bulldog. It's tried, it's true, it's an American classic. But I like to adventure off the beaten path a little bit. I do. I'm a person of, uh, of excess, shall we say. Uh, I love that Mississippi barbecue burger. I could probably eat two of them. That's how great they are. I could gorge myself on the fine delicacies of Bulldog Burger Company and uh, feel good about life. I always get the spring rolls as my appetizer, with rare exception, because uh, it's part of my beauty routine. They will make you better looking. So next time you're in town, next time you're traveling through our great state, make an appointment to go to Bulldog Burger Company for, for your spa appointment, right? Get those spring rolls, make you and everybody around you better looking, making the world a more beautiful place. One bite at a time. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Rich and Flowood area. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, we'll start with the ladies. You know, and I don't know which one of these wins was more unlikely. And that's just kind of me putting it out there as honestly as I can. And I would say maybe last night. Maybe taking down the defending NAFL champion LSU Tigers was the uh, the more improbable of the two. But there was somebody on the jeanspage.com message boards, and I can't remember who it was. I'd love to give them credit. Because, you know, we're getting LSU at a great time. And in many respects, it was a trap game. They get South Carolina at home, an incredible environment. Many of you watched that game on Thursday. Of course, uh, our Bulldogs were off. And uh, as they reported on the broadcast, they had an opportunity to all go to Sam Purcell's house and have a meal and watch the game together, kind of do some advanced scouting. And then South Carolina wins the game. And you know that was the deal last year, right? I mean, LSU and South Carolina, it was this big, you know, kind of collision course of sorts. And South Carolina wins. Even though LSU won the NAFL championship, ultimately, there are a lot of people that said, you know what, South Carolina was the better team. 
That's not how it worked out, though, at all. Kim Mulkey, the former Kim Mulkey Robertson, hoist another NAFL championship. Incredible. And so you know the emotional investment they put in that South Carolina game. We're at home. We're at home. We've got to win this game. We've got to prove that we're legit. We've got to prove that we're NAFL championship contenders again. And they lose. And then they have to go on the road and play a very good Mississippi State team at home in front of a sellout crowd. That's the recipe for an upset. Of course, she ranked number nine in the country. And so you start working through it last night. And we got down early. We did. We didn't stay down long, but we got down early. And we weathered the storm. And as the crowd began to kind of climb into this ball game, the players really responded. Very, very important stretch here. You know, we get down 8-2. to two, And the next thing you know, you look up and State's up 13-8. to eight. And I think it really, number one, gave the team some confidence, but also – ignited the crowd it's kind of like you know what LSU didn't know what they're in for here tonight that's how it felt and so you get through that first period and, and of course you knew they'd make a run they're LSU I mean they're a great program coached by a legendary coach and State's just kind of hanging in there we got a five-point lead uh, you know in the final minute of the, the quarter and LSU makes a couple baskets next thing you know it's 20 to 18 you think okay here come the Tigers here they go. And, and came they did. In this second period, they really kind of control things. And it's really the one the one period you look at and say, you know what? This is where we look like maybe the moment was a big, big for us. But rather than fold, we hung in there. You look up there, you know, three minutes to go, 324 to go after uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, the fast break layup there. Uh, by Johnson from them. Makes it an eight-point lead for LSU. And you just start thinking, okay, was this the moment? Is this like what we saw on the men's side against Florida where we kind of control the flow of the game, we make them play our game, and then all of a sudden they kind of figure some things out late and push well ahead of us at the break? Well, they did hit a big three-point basket just before the intermission to make it 40-35. to 35. And from there, to be honest with you, I thought Mississippi State pretty much ran the show. That's the thing you go back and look at 22-15 quarter for LSU. They never scored 20 points a quarter the rest of the game. State held them into the teens. The third period, I thought, was the decisive period. And again, we come out, we're down five. And, you, again, you start thinking, okay, if LSU makes a run here early and makes this a double-digit ball game, it might be in trouble. Really wasn't the case. Even if LSU comes out and immediately goes up seven, State starts making some good things happen. And it's Jerkayla Jordan. She's made for this. She goes down, gets a big two, comes back with a three. You, you look up, and then she's stolen the ball. And it's a fast-break basket for Aaron Barnum. It's a two-point game just like that. Guys, in just over a minute's time, Jaquela Jordan just kind of took over. And that's what has to happen. Your star players have to shine the brightest in games like this. And give Angel Reese a lot of credit. I know many people don't like her. I absolutely love her. Is she a little bit irreverent at times? Yes, but the best players typically are. I like players that play with a little bit of an edge. Well, they call her Bayou Barbie. But uh, you know, our, our stars 
shine brighter than LSU stars. And again, Angel Reese, an outstanding player. You know, they had some issues earlier in the year, and she sat out a few games. But uh, to deny her talent is just to be disingenuous. And it's also one of those things, too, I think sometimes we want to pour mouth opponents. Guys, we beat a great team last night. We did. All of a sudden, State pulls even at 46-46. And from there, it just really felt like even when, when LSU would have a little bit of a mini run, State always had an answer. And my goodness, Miracle Shepherd. I made mention of this last night on Twitter. And I listen, I haven't watched the LSU women play very often. I did speak to some people that said, you know what, Auburn really gave them trouble defending their guards because the LSU guards had trouble handling the basketball. Miracle Shepard turned the LSU point guard tandem into basically a YMCA game. Every time down, what do they do? They couldn't face her up. They couldn't shake her. So they basically just kind of turn and put that offhand up like an arm bar to keep her from stealing the basketball. And sometimes she still did it. And it seemed like every time Miracle Shepard just decided, okay, I'm going to go take this from you, she did. And she's a freshman. You know, what does that mean for the future of Mississippi State basketball? You know, we've got a freshman out there on the biggest stage in the country. Yes, it's home. But out there playing against the defending national champions and then dictating terms to them. It's incredible. I thought that was a difference in the game. I thought the guard play was a difference in the game. Mississippi State's guards were simply better than LSU. And if you look when LSU did make their runs, more times than not, it's, it's in transition or they find a way to get Angel Reese involved. And again, a absolutely tremendous player. But Miracle Shepard, when State needed a, needed a play, she goes and makes it. And all of a sudden, you look up and State's back up five. Uh, Darion Rogers with the big three-point basket. Huge, huge game for her as well. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like you needed everybody to play well, and that was the case for Mississippi State. We did. Montague, really nice play in the paint here. Very athletic play. And uh, Dad and I were watching the game last night. And I was like, you know, I said, baby, is it ever like, do you ever look at this and realize how far women's basketball has come? I mean, just – from a skill refinement standpoint. And I thought this play uh, by Montague was evidence of that, right? I mean, women's basketball has come so far in the last 20 years. It's absolutely made not just Mississippi State basketball, but college women's basketball as a whole. It's one of the reasons you have all this craziness in March Madness. You know, it used to always just be Tennessee and UConn. It always be the same teams because the biggest gap in all of college sports is between the haves and the have-nots in women's basketball. But when I see a player go out there and fake left and then come back right and then basically just kind of toss one up there smooth and easy off the glass and it goes in just like it was nothing, it's just one of those things that just impresses me. It really does. And I thought that was a huge point in the game because State was beginning to kind of pull away here. And I think, again, it gave the, the crowd reason to remain engaged. That State was here to fight. You just stay in here with us. Angel Reese picks up a couple free throws. And then, you know, hey, the Mississippi kid, the Bree Chapeau, nothing but net on this great three-point basket. When she first dialed it up, I'm thinking, oh, please, no, no, no. Oh, yes, yes. Nothing but net. It's an eight-point game under a minute to go uh, in the third period. And they pick up a couple free throws. But to take a six-point advantage into the fourth quarter at home 
in front of a sellout crowd. You started thinking LSU is in trouble, but LSU didn't go away. Give them credit. Give them credit. Again, this wasn't some fluky game, you know, that all of a sudden Angel Reese gets in foul trouble. And that was the case at South Carolina, right? I mean, that was the difference in that ball game, excuse me, in Baton Rouge, because when Angel Reese fouled out of the game, South Carolina exerted their dominance and took over down there. Well, we had to play against Angel Reese the entire way. She knocks in a couple free throws, and next thing you know, they steal a basket. He's like, okay, here, they, here goes the run. Here comes the LSU run. Can we absorb this? Well, we do. What do you know? It's Darian Rodgers again with a big three-point basket to make it a nine-point game. And I turned to the wife then, and I said, you know what? This game is over. I don't know what the final score is going to be, but when things like this are happening for us, it's just simply our night. And I remember, I guess it was in the third period, with the shot clock winding down, we just have one of these little desperation heaves just to get it up on the rim, and it's nothing but net. It's like it just felt like it was simply our night. LSU cuts it back to five at 325, and uh, it's a- Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Three-point game after an Angel Reese. Really nice basket there with 2.12 to go. We needed to make a shot. We were having trouble getting stops. We needed to make a shot. And what do we do with a minute 10 to go? Darian Rodgers, another three-point basket to make it a six-point game. And you just kind of felt like then, unless State imploded here, LSU was in a world of trouble. A world of trouble. A six-point game with 37 seconds to go. And, and you know, they're, listen, they're just trying to – Trying to make this thing a game again um, and give Kim Mulkey and their staff a lot of credit for trying to extend the game, but just stay simply too good. And and we see it all the time, right? Late in ball games, you have got to step up to that free throw line and you got to make shots. And we did. Uh, Jordan did go one for two in one stretch, but then Darian Rodgers pops up and makes two and takes it back out to a six-point game with 23 seconds to go. And you just start thinking here, it's going to take a pretty unreal scenario here, kind of a miracle-type scenario for LSU to win. And what do you know? Uh, Michaela Williams knocks down a three from the top of the key there. It was just a great play. I mean, it really was. You just kind of tip your cap. If they miss there, it's already over. But they make the three, and then they, they get a foul. And you just need Rodgers to make one, and she does. Makes it a four-point game, 15 seconds. And you think, you know what, it's just not going to work out. But to give Williams credit, she goes down there, tries to initiate some contact, fires up a shot, and, of course, it's it's you know it's not there. And then it was celebration time in Stark Vegas. But, uh, man, what a great night and what a great effort from the team and from our fan base. I, I love our fans. I absolutely love our fans. There's a few out there I don't love as much as some others. But, uh, yeah, but the reality of it is is that – there is a relationship here between fan base and program, fan base and players, fan base and coaches. And uh, Sam Purcell goes out and knocks on doors and gets encourages people to come out. And uh, our students were electric last night. I, I love our students. And, of course, I've got a son that's part of that. Uh, but the reality of it is, is the students are the lifeblood of Humphrey Coliseum. They get everybody going. They do. The decision to move them closer to the court, 
obviously the right one. I don't know. Listen, the crowd sounded pretty good on TV. But, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of complaints about that and seen it's like, I don't know what's going on with our mics, but when you watch the replay on ESPN, it's like the crowd doesn't pick up. But I can tell you, it's a festive atmosphere. All right, looking back at our heroes last night, again, Angel Reese for LSU, 20 points. She played 37 minutes. And they gave her some breaks, like, just before the media timeouts. But 18 rebounds. So it's not like Angel Reese came to Starkville and just had an off game. She played exceptionally well. State just did a better job as a team. It's true. They had uh, four players in double digits last night. I mean, you know, so it's not like LSU just came up here and just had a bad night with tight rims. And that's important to note. Again, Mississippi State was just simply better. Uh, looking at that, um, you know, some of those quarter stats there. You know, we talked about that, that great quarter for LSU in a second. They're 8 of 12 shooting. You know, right at 67%. And then when State began to pull away there in the third period, it wasn't just the offensive production for State. They held LSU to 6 of 17. It wasn't like LSU just stopped shooting. It's just State was doing a better job contesting shots. And I really thought State did a great job on the glass. And then LSU 7 of 16 final in the final period there. They shoot 44%. That's a decent number. You know, of course, the difference is that third period. They didn't make shots in the third period. We did. Uh, looking on the state side of things, Jerkayla Jordan, 24 points, four rebounds. Uh, state did a really good job of defending without fouling. You know, that's been a, an issue for us at times. But last night, I thought I thought they t- they called it a little tight in the second period, and then kind of opened it up in the third. It was, it was a little bit you know, difficult to kind of figure out what was a foul, what wasn't. I thought there was some really ticky tack calls on state there in the second. A couple of those and ones where it's just like the official was anticipating the call and blew the whistle without seeing contact, or there was minimal contact, probably not enough worthy of a foul, but it was still a call. It was just two of those three-point plays, and LSU converted them both, that I thought really were momentum changers. Uh, but Jordan, three of three from beyond the arc, or nine of 17 from the floor. And again, this is, what, this is why you come to Mississippi State, to win games like this. Uh, Darian Rogers, 19 points. Miracle Shepard with a dozen. Uh, she also had six steals. Had some turnovers to go with them, but uh, really nice effort from there. Uh, the ladies with 33 rebounds, and I don't know if you realize this, but LSU actually out-rebounded us last night, 35-33. And, again, a lot of that's Angel Reese. They didn't win an AFL championship with her as a centerpiece last year by accident. She's a very, very talented player. Uh, State, we talked about how well uh, LSU shot it. State, 52.6% as a team. That third quarter there, when State was trying to, you know, get some separation, 11 of 13 from the floor. In the fourth quarter, you know, we slowed it down. We didn't – and then we had some empty possessions. We didn't even get a shot off. Just four of ten. The fewest shot attempts and fewest made baskets of the game happened in that fourth quarter. And, and again, you're playing tempo a little bit here. You're slowing things down when you have a lead. But we kind of got out of the flow of things. I think it's sometimes we, we, we did some things to kind of take ourselves out of it. But give LSU credit, too. They fought really hard until the very end. But uh, State, 9 of 17 from beyond the arc. How about that? 53% from the three-point line. And uh, L- that was really the difference in the game. LSU, 3 of 14. So State's perimeter shooting and perimeter defense just simply better than LSU. Uh, we didn't do a great job getting to the line until late. I mean, you look up there right before LSU has to foul. We had five free throw attempts. Five. 
We were four or five at the time. And, of course, they had to foul us late to kind of extend the game. But uh, we go 8 of 13 from the line. LSU, a much different scenario for them, 12 of 15. You know, they, they were getting to the line with better regularity, and we weren't trying to foul there in the end. They were. But uh, it was interesting. But 34 points in the paint for your Bulldogs, 48 for LSU. And, of course, a lot of that's got to do with Angel Reese. And, when, and she's a facilitator, too. I mean, she's not just some ball hog down there. Like, as soon as she gets it, you know she's going to shoot. Uh, she's just an elite player, really is. But um, State's bench, I thought, was a difference in the game in many respects, too. Just six bench points for LSU, 35 for Mississippi State. It took the team. An incredible game, one that most of us will not forget. Probably the biggest night at Humphrey Coliseum since we beat South Carolina. I think we'd all agree with that. We had a big win over Tennessee last year, but the Tennessee team, not on this caliber of LSU and certainly not the one of, of, you know, when Asia and those ladies came to Humphrey Coliseum and Blair Schaefer hits the big three there uh, from the corner. Again, that that may have been the most exciting women's basketball game I've ever attended at Humphrey Coliseum. But this is one of those ones, right? This is one of those games you look at and say, you know what? That was a very, very special moment. And what a huge, huge win for Mississippi State, for Sam Purcell, and for the Mississippi State family. 9,121 in attendance, the first sellout of the Sam Purcell era. I suspect there's going to be a few more. I think we all probably see it that way, don't we? It's just one of those things, man. It's like, again, I said it opening the show, it just feels so good to win. Especially when I think most of us, and not all of us, but most of us, we're like, you know, we're just asking a lot here. You know, LSU last year absolutely destroyed us. They did. And there's a reason they won the NFL championship. Nothing fluky about that at all. And it was nothing fluky about our win last night. Just absolutely amazing. So uh, let's look ahead for the ladies. I know many of you are, are probably like me. It's like, you know what? I, this is what that feels like, right? I mean, it reminds you of the Vic Schaefer era when you have a, a highly ranked team come to Starkville and there's a capacity crowd and then the team responds and wins that's that's what it felt like it felt like those SEC championship years under Vic Schaefer last night and it's been a long time since we felt that let's be honest about that we've had some good moments we've had some things to be proud of but we haven't had that big signature win and now Sim Purcell has it and uh, really happy for him and his family. And, of course, everybody involved in Mississippi State basketball. Now, we're going to be at Kentucky uh, Thursday. It's hard to believe January is already over. Yeah, it is. February 1st, Thursday, we're at Kentucky. We encourage all Bulldogs in the greater Lexington area to please turn out. This is a game that we should be able to win. And um, you start working through this thing, and you start thinking, you know, what state's won? You know, four of the last five. You know, we talked about you taking the game one week at a time and you look at these quadrants and just spoke last week about how important it was. You know, get Florida at Florida, a game we expected to win, LSU coming in, and you go to Kentucky, and then you've got A&M, and you start thinking about those four. You know, hey, this is a very difficult stretch. Got three road games in four attempts. You got to at least get a split. Well, guess what? We've already got the split with two to play. And now you start thinking about getting greedy, right? You think, you know what, hey, we should go be able to go win in Lexington. We're a better team than them. 
And then we'll see what happens at College Station, Texas on February 4th. So busy stretch here uh, for the ladies. You know, they had the, the Monday and then off midweek, and then now it's a Monday, Thursday, Sunday type deal. Uh, so a lot of windshield time, a lot of flight time for the ladies. And Sam's got to do a good job kind of pulling them out of the clouds a little bit too. That's true too. But uh, you hope that the confidence of the ball game and the win of last night continues to motivate this team. Uh, real quickly here, let's look at the uh, the SEC standings because uh, your ladies took a step forward last night. How cool is that? It's just one of those things like when you don't expect to win, but like you know your 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 hope at times really exceeds your expectations, right? I think most of us expected to lose the game. We were hoping to be competitive. And then at the end of the day, you think, you know what? Maybe they come in here a little bit flat. They didn't, but they still went home in a loss. It's just one of those things you look at, and again, it's one of those moments where we're going to remember this one. And again, signature win uh, for Sam Purcell and his staff. And uh, really, really excited for everybody involved. So let's look at the schedule here. Things are going to get busy. We'll look at the standings first, and we'll get to the schedule, then we'll get to a top ten list, and then we'll talk about the men. But, uh, again, big win for Mississippi State last night on the women's side. Uh, you look up here, uh, South Carolina, again, 19 wins in a row, 7-0 in the conference, and uh, just a machine. Ole Miss and Tennessee are now tied at second in the SEC. Were you aware of that? I don't know if you remember, we, we have a win over Ole Miss. Uh, we do. But uh, Ole Miss and Tennessee right there, 5-2. and two. LSU now 5-3. and three. Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, 4-3. and three. Arkansas as well. Uh, Texas A&M, 3-4. Alabama, Auburn, 3-4. Florida, Kentucky at 2-5. Missouri's 2-6. Georgia's 1-6. And so, again, now is a time we talked about how important it was once we got through LSU, how the schedule would kind of ease up a little bit. We can't afford to ease up ourselves. But in many respects, we have kind of navigated through the more difficult part of our schedule. It's true. And picked up a big win last night that we weren't expecting. So now you begin to think about, hey, how, what's the trajectory of this team? Vanderbilt's kind of come back to earth a little bit here as of late. They've lost two games in a row. Now four and three in the conference is 17 and four overall. Would like to have another shot at them. But now you start thinking, you know, if you want to start you know, catching the teams ahead of you, you got to beat some teams ahead of you in the standings, but you can ill afford to lose teams behind you in the standings. And that's kind of where we are right now. You got to get fat while the food's being served. And, that, and that's where Mississippi State basketball is. Now you've got to take advantage uh, of maybe a little bit of a, a break in, in the schedule. You know, again, you got Kentucky. You got to go to Kentucky. They're nine and twelve overall. Been really good at home though. Nine and three at home. All of their wins have come at home. So we're gonna have to find a way. And we've taken some really good teams to Kentucky and come home with a loss, even during the Vic Schaefer era. And then you've got Georgia coming up too. The next home game, of course, is against a Georgia team that is uh, ten and ten overall. One and six in the conference. A and M, a very good team. And you got to go down there where they're eleven and one. So. A very important part of the schedule right now. You find a way to win these next three ball games. All of a sudden, you begin to elevate yourself in the standings. And, and listen, let's just kind of call it for what it is. We're, we're not catching South Carolina. We don't have any SEC championship aspirations this year. 
didn't have him when the season started. We're not going to play our way into that. But if you start thinking now, what can we or could we play our way into a buy in the SEC tournament? And if you get into one of those four, those four spots, obviously you feel like, hey, you, we're in a great position here not only to make the tournament, but to get a very good seed somewhere. Very, very important. So, again, we got to come out of clouds a little bit. We'll enjoy this thing today, and we'll get ready to watch uh, the ladies play a, a couple games here on Thursday and, and Sunday. But uh, very, very, very critical juncture now because we expected to kind of come out of this whole shoot thing thinking, okay, all right, now we got to go win a couple road games. Now you start thinking, hey, you know, a lot of good things are possible now. A lot of good things are possible now because we've won a game we weren't expected to win. And uh, listen, LSU is only going to help us when it's all said and done. You know, that win over LSU only going to be a, a better thing for us. And um, let's take a look here too, if we can. See if we can't look at a couple things. What the impact on, on of last night's game was? You know, State twenty nine in the net according to the NCAA rankings, and that has not been updated in a couple days, right? So you should expect some upward trajectory there. Uh, but uh, let's check on our friend Warren Nolan. Uh, more times than not, Warren and those guys uh, have have real-time stuff. I know they do for baseball. And um, so uh, according to Warren Nolan's deal right now, uh, he has stayed 39th. But uh, I don't know that that's been updated uh, in the last 24 hours. So that's kind of where we are with all that stuff. But, uh, again, stay in a very good position. Real quickly, we'll look at the schedule for the SEC this evening. And uh, going to be some busy games. And it, it's so good for us to win. and kind of, We can watch the traffic kind of clear around us. Uh, Auburn wins last night, 67-49. I believe they won three in a row. Is that right? I believe that's correct. Uh, but tonight's going to be uh, you know, all about the men. And then uh, we'll get back into uh, women's basketball on Thursday. Uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Tennessee at Georgia, Ole Miss at Vanderbilt, South Carolina at Auburn, and Alabama at Arkansas. And all those games matter to us, right? And it's one of those things, we just have to keep winning and then kind of wait for traffic to clear around us. But uh, congratulations again to Sam Purcell and everybody that was in attendance and everybody that watched at home and everybody that wanted to be there and everybody that looked at this game and said, you know what, this is one of those program-defining moments in many respects. Because there were so many of us that felt like after Vic Schaefer left, I said, you know, the best may be behind us. And, you know, it may be. But I know this. I know that if we continue to recruit the level that we're recruiting and that we play at the level that we're playing, we're going to be hanging some more banners in Humphrey Coliseum for the women. All right, time for today's top ten list is always brought to you by Close with Blair. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair is a mortgage professional, 23 years of experience in the industry. Nobody stays in any industry for 20 plus years by accident. You got to be a closer, thus close with Blair. That's who he is. It's what he is. He is a bulldog through and through, has uh, season tickets to multiple sports, a place here in Starkville. I like to keep business in the family when we can, and I hope that you do too. I hope that's an important part of things for you. When you get ready to do business or make a major transaction or purchase, that you consider doing business with a Mississippi State fan. That's how I feel. Blair will give you exemplary service. Recently made the move to Priority One Mortgage. Uh, he's a guy that's in demand. Everybody wants him working for them because of the fact that he gets things done. 
Give them a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. Again, close with Blair.com. All right. I've been in kind of a Leonard Skinner mood here as of late because I am a Mississippi kid. And uh, so I, I thought, you know what, we've done so many Skinner things over the years. We've done a Skinner list. We've done a Gary Rossington list. We've done an Alan Collins list. I'm an Alan Collins fan. Gary Rossington was one of the coolest guys to ever take stage, man. But Alan Collins, man, you think about underappreciated musicians of our lifetime, he's one of them. Now, those of us that really love Leonard Skinner, you know what Alan Collins means to people. I've got an Alan Collins shirt. I wear it with pride. I remember wearing it one day over at Alabama for a baseball game and had multiple people come up to me and compliment me on my Alan Collins shirt. Uh, and so, yeah, you may, you may see me wearing that from time to time. You may. But uh, I thought, hey, what, what can we do to celebrate Skinner today? So I looked up some Leonard Skinner covers. I know you guys like the covers list, too. Now, the first thing that I'll tell you is none of these are as good as the original. It's just not. There are some bands out there that just have a mystique about them. Leonard Skinner is one of them. And I'm not a big fan of... Um, you know, the current lineup, and that's not to be disrespectful, but to me it's always about Ronnie Van Zant and about, uh, you know, the majesty of all that, you know, with Steve Gaines and so many great members of that band, you know, have now passed on. Uh, but um, I want to celebrate Leonard Skinner today. So, again, none of these covers are as good as the original. And also, I didn't do a Freebird list, a uh, song on this list. A lot of people have covered Freebird. Dolly Parton recently covered free bird did a great version but we, we're not going to include free bird because there's some songs in my mind you just don't mess with there are just some songs out there you just think you know what they're just it's anthemic and you're never going to be able to improve upon it and uh, I, i'm hesitant at times to do some of these covers because of the fact that not everybody does a good rendition however i found some really good skinner covers some of them i already knew some of you already know but uh, there's some other ones that I think are new to you. Now, we're going to start with uh, a band called Dillinger out of Memphis, Tennessee. They're a southern rock band. I didn't know anything about them until I really sat down to do the research for this list. Their version of Whiskey Rock and Roller is, uh, is great. And there are a few people that have covered it. I think their rendition is true to the original. Of course, they added some of their own stylings to it. Really did a nice job. I really like the vocal on this. So, again, Dillinger, and that's not Dillinger Escape Plan for you Octane listeners. That's a band, again, Dillinger, Whiskey Rock Roller. Number nine, a band called The House of Melody. A ton of people have covered The Needle and the Spoon, which is one of my favorite Leonard Skinner tracks that people don't really talk about. I think the opening bars of this just really, really, really set a really nice foundation for the rest of the song but house of melody a really good job on this and number eight a song that uh, again a lot of people have covered this a lot of people do it live it's the ballad of curtis Lowe, and i went with eric church i know there are a lot of eric church fans out there i've had a handful of you that have hit me up and say steve can we do an eric church list roy may have to do that for me but i like his version of the ballad of curtis Lowe. it's got a little more attitude than the original Again, I prefer the original uh, because I think many of us have probably done that, right? When you were kids and you, and you couldn't afford to buy alcohol, you'd go out there and you'd find somebody to go buy it for you. 
that's really the story at the ballot of Curtis Lowe and a great guy, the, the finest picker that ever played the blues. But Eric Church, a nice version. Number seven, and again, a lot of people have covered this, Every Mother's Son. Matter of fact, there's a band out there called Every Mother's Son that kind of pays homage to Lawrence Skinner. But uh, many of you are huge drive-by truckers fans. And uh, I know my buddy B.J. Cummings, I know he is. He's a big Derek Trucks guy. And, uh, of course, Derek Trucks, you know, kind of royalty in many respects when it comes to modern southern rock music. Their version of Every Mother's Son is very good. And in many ways, this is a bit of a protest song. You know, it's about the war, Vietnam, things like that. You know, about, you know, mothers who's whose sons go out and, and fight for our freedom, which always get, affords us the opportunity uh, to thank our servicemen and women around the world right now that are protecting our freedoms and our ability and our freedom to do that we, what we want to do in life. And uh, it's a job that I never wanted. And it's a job, it's a very necessary job. And uh, so we dedicate that one to all of you. All right, number six on your list is... Um, O-A-R, you familiar with those guys? They've had some hits, been performing for a long time. They do a great rendition of Don't Ask Me No Questions. Absolutely love that song, and there are a lot of days in my life that I feel just like that song. I'm the kind of person, when I'm home, I'm home. Like, I spend so much time on the road, I'm always engaged. Uh, whether I'm you know, at an event or a book signing or covering a ball game, I'm always engaged. And so when I come home, I just kind of like to retreat. And that's kind of what Ronnie's talking about here. When I get home, I just, you know, don't ask me no questions. You know, I just want to be alone. I just want to have a chance to recreate and reset. But uh, their version, really, really good. Number five, a song that they routinely perform live. And maybe routinely he's taking it a step too far. But uh, some other Mississippi boys down there from Ascotopa, Mississippi, that attended Moss Point High School. It's three doors down. I love their live version of that smell. The song is written about Billy Powell, excuse me, to Gary Rossington. Uh, Gary had got a new car, was drinking and driving, crashed it, really hurt himself, banged himself up, caused some delays in the Leonard Skinner schedule. But Three Doors Down's version is great. And it's not just Brad's vocal, which is great. The guitar on this is so true to the original. I mean, it's almost played in reverence to Leonard Skinner. So again, Three Doors Down's That Smell. That's your number five track. And number four, one, it's a little bit of a surprise. I love the arrangement here. I'm a big fan of the song Mississippi Kid. Of course, that's from Pronounce Leonard Skinner because we're Mississippi kids, right? You know, uh, absolutely love the attitude behind this song. There's a band out there called the Comancheros that did kind of a rocking version of this, and they did change the early part of it to Kansas City. You know, you know, you know we're Alabama-bound. They were Kansas City-bound. I don't know what the correlation there. Maybe they're from Kansas. I don't know. But the rest of the song, lyrically, is true to the original. But uh, a, a little bit of an edge to this one because you know when you've heard that song before I mean it's it's really tuned down you know they got the mandolin out and stuff and there's just not there's not a lot to it from an instrumentation standpoint but uh, they really kind of ramp things up a little bit here again it's the Comancheros Mississippi Kid you probably never expected to hear those phrases together all right number three Pat Travers 
The Pat Travers Band, technically absolutely phenomenal, as Ben Helen would tell you. They did an amazing cover of Gimme Back My Bullets. And a lot of people have done that song. A lot of people have done Gimme Back My Bullets. And uh, I love Leon Wilkinson's uh, bass line on this. I think that's the signature part of the song. I think the Pat Travers Band really captured it. They, they made it their own in some respects, but it was still very much true to the original composition. Give Me Back My Bullets, a, a phenomenal song. Absolutely phenomenal song from start to finish. All right, so we're down to the final two, and most of you probably know what these two are. You just don't know what the order's going to be. But my number two comes from Metallica's Garage, Inc. Of course, it's a covers album, and uh, it really showed a different side to Metallica. And they did an incredible, incredible version of Tuesday's Gone. And uh, a lot of people don't understand Tuesday is her name. It's her name. Most of us that follow the song know it's not just about another day off the calendar. Tuesday's gone. My baby's gone with the wind. Uh, I thought Metallica did a great job. I thought James Hetfield's vocal on this really added some elevation to the song. If you're unfamiliar with Garage Inc., I'd encourage you to go listen to it. Man, they're everywhere. I mean, they're all over the map with this album. Uh, Whiskey in a Jar, of course, from Thin Lizzy is on there. Turn the Page from Bob Seger. Really true to a lot of the classics and uh, put their own Metallica spin on it. And I thought their version of Tuesday's Gone is absolutely the best outside of the original. But number one, and if you know much about me, you're probably not surprised here, but it's a Shinedown's version of Simple Man. I do think at some parts in this song, Brent oversings it a little bit. Uh, but uh, you may not know this. Jason Todd, of course, uh, guitar player in Shinedown, no longer. Jason Todd uh, had a chance to go see him at the jukebox down in Ocean Springs sometime, or juke joint, pardon me, some time ago with his other band. But uh, Jason Todd was kicked out of uh, Shinedown and uh, was at one point married to Melody Van Zant, Ronnie Van Zant's daughter. And uh, the Leonard Skinner Foundation and Ronnie Van, Van Zant Foundation are very, very reluctant to license their music uh, to just anybody. And uh, so when Shinedown recorded this, it was a big deal not only for Leonard Skinner fans, but for Shinedown. But it modernized a classic song and I think really reintroduced it to a new generation of fans. So it was great for Skinner, it was great for Shinedown. Uh, their version, I think, is absolutely phenomenal. And for years, they played it live and they dedicated it to Dimebag Darrell uh, in the infancy of the Shinedown machine uh, they became friends with uh, you know Daryl Abbott Vinnie Abbott of, of uh, Pantera and eventually Damage Plan and uh, sadly we've lost both of them but they used to play this song every night and uh, tell a little story about Dimebag Daryl about how he had been so instrumental in their uh, in their band you know in their success the early stages he, he was a fan of the band and uh, really wanted those guys to be close and they were and so more times than not, it'd be Zach Myers and Brent, Zach playing acoustically and Brent singing and the crowd singing along. And I've got a video of that. I've sung along to that so many times. But uh, Simple Man is one of those songs. It's in South Mississippi, it's just behind Amazing Grace. I mean, let's just kind of say it for what it is. It's just one of those songs that just kind of typifies kind of who we are as Southerners, especially people from South Mississippi. And... Um, so many lyrics in that track that are kind of words for living. You know, forget your lust for the rich man's gold because all you need is in your soul. I mean, these things are true. 
And I think that's the reason the songs like that have become so timeless is because there are some profound truths in the lyrics of the song that still resonate with people. There's a lot of songs that are kind of true to an era, but a song like Simple Man from Leonard Skinner is timeless. It absolutely is. And I think Shinedown was the perfect band to record that. And again, I think Brent kind of oversings it a little bit late uh, in the song, but uh, their version, especially uh, from an instrumentation standpoint, is just absolutely superior to what anything anybody else has done since Leonard Skinner did it. And again, I say none of these are as good as the original. There's some of them are different, some of them are interesting. But uh, listen, I, I'm a Southerner, I'm a Mississippian, and uh, I am proud to be from Mississippi, proud to be from the 601 area code. I live in the 662 now, proud to be here too. But uh, there's a value system, you know, in the South. We look after each other, we do. And uh, I remember being a kid, I was thinking about this just yesterday. It's amazing the stuff you remember. Like when I was a kid, we didn't call the law. Like if there was ever a dispute or a problem, you didn't call the law. Like nowadays, that's the big thing. I mean, people call the cops because somebody's, you know, you know, looks menacing or whatever, you know. But, but you know, where I was from, you just kind of took care of yourself and you helped take care of your neighbors. That's just what everybody did. And the last thing you did was go call the law because you just felt like you could settle things without, you know, bloodshed or whatever. And sometimes it was necessary for us to throw hands and uh, when it was all over and done with, you shook hands and you walked away. It's true. You know, I think nowadays uh, there are a lot of young people, uh, as, as my friends back home would say, and I won't, I won't use the exact language, but there are a lot of people today that are too proud to tote a butt whooping. You know, that's kind of how it was growing up in the South. It's like, you know what, sometimes you're going to run, you're going to trade paint with somebody, you know, literally and maybe figuratively, and uh, you got to handle it. But, uh, you know, you live to fight another day. You know, nowadays it's like, you know, somebody gets, uh, somebody gets the best of them, we got to go get a gun. So lots changed. It really has. But uh, there was some honor among all that stuff. And I, I couldn't wait to move back to Mississippi. And uh, I'm here for the duration. That's just kind of how I feel. And, um, you know, maybe you feel the same way. And that's why, when, you know, when things like when Mississippi State wins a big ball game, because Mississippi State really more typifies the values in Mississippi that I identify with. You know, we're blue-collar people. We're hard-working people. Uh, we're people, of course, of, uh, of character. You know, there, there are a lot of other things that happen in our state that don't really jive with our value system. It's true. It's just kind of how it is. But uh, I, I've got respect, you know, for my neighbors and uh, for all of you uh, that are out there working hard just trying to make a better life for yourself and your family and your kids. Uh, that's, you know, I remember being a kid, man. I think I've shared this with you guys before, but um, I'll share it again. It's worth telling again. And uh, I wrote about this in When the Bottom Falls, briefly. But uh, my grandmother, Margaret Jo Selman, uh, she was uh, Margaret Jo Barber, and uh, her dad was A.J. Barber. That He was a minister, and he also ran a service department at the Ford dealership in Columbia, Mississippi. And uh, she married my grandfather, Warren Selman, who was... Um, a minister as well, but uh, my grandma Selman was uh, the strongest woman I've ever known, and that's that's not lip service. That's just the reality of life. And she was so instrumental in my life as a young person. Because from after my parents got divorced, you know, me and my brother lived with my grandparents, um, and mom was there too. But my grandmother basically raised me in many respects. 
And I remember being a kid when um, my grandfather had taken some shifts down at Ingle Shipyard. Because back in those days, if you were an able-bodied man, you needed to make some work. There, were, there was always work to do down at Ingalls. And so I don't know if it was coming up on Christmas or whatever. I don't know, you know what the deal was. But uh, he had gone down there and worked to make some money. And he was on his way back. And his car broke down. And I uh, found some shade tree mechanic. And the, what basically what happened is the money that he had made that week working down at Ingalls, he was going to have to use to get the car fixed. And, uh, you know, Memo Selman, of course, was a housewife. And uh, rather than pout and rather than feel sorry for ourselves, uh, she called down to the little hamburger place at the corner. It's called Tim's Drive-In, right there on the corner of uh, Broad Street and Branton Avenue in Columbia, Mississippi. And she called down there, and she went and worked. She called and said, hey, I need to work a couple shifts. And that's kind of how things were back then. And uh, she came back a little bit later, and she had a sack full of hamburgers and hot dogs. So we had stuff to eat. And I remember when she got off the phone, the next thing I saw was her putting on her apron and walking down the street uh, to go work. So we had something to eat. And the lesson that I learned, and I've shared this with so many people and with my children, is in times of crisis, that's what you do. You go to work. You don't sit around and feel sorry for yourself. You don't go get on Facebook and talk about, oh, oh, woe is me. Let's go set up a GoFundMe. No, you go tie your apron strings on and you go to work. You reach out and you find people that need help and you go help them and you find a way to help yourself in the process. Those are the lessons in life that I learned in South Mississippi that have sustained me. It's just, I mean, even working with Gene all these years, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, Gene's retired now. But uh, I, I remember if things would pop up or whatever, you know, we'd have new competition in the marketplace or, you know, maybe things weren't going good with one of our teams on the field and we were worried about uh, your views or subscriptions or whatever. I said, Gene, I said, in times like these, you just got to go play the rock and roll show. You got to go to work. You can't sit around and just say, okay, well, everybody's going to feel sorry for us. No, nah, you got to get out and go to work. And that's what life is about. You know, all the things that I have today have come from working hard. Nobody's given me anything but a chance. You know, and that's the thing, too. You think about where I've come from. But, um, you know, the reality of it is, is that uh, I think in many respects, much of our country has kind of lost their way when it comes to that element of life. And there is a quiet dignity in the state of Mississippi among people. I mean, it's just like, you know, when, we, when Katrina comes through or, you know, or we have these tornadoes and stuff, uh, rather than sit around and wait for other people, all of a sudden you see a bunch of good old boys get the pickup trucks and the chainsaws and the chains. They get out there and they go to work and they, they clear the highway so people can begin to kind of get back and forth to work and resume life. Uh, we don't just sit around waiting for the National Guard. You know, we don't just go run call the law right? We go do what needs to be done. And that's what makes Mississippi so special to me is because the people here, there is value in our people that I think a lot of other people just simply don't see. But there, if in a crisis situation, there's nobody in the world I'd rather be with than some fine folks in the state of Mississippi. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out let us know. You can do that by hitting up Roy on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days, at Dogmatic67, D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. You can send it to me. I'll do my best. I don't always see the notifications, but send it to me, and I'll make sure we get it to Roy, and we'll get you in the queue. 
And uh, we'll eventually get to your list, hopefully. Sometimes we can't do a list justice, so we don't want to insult the fans of that band. But other times we reach out to other people, and uh, you'll get some ideas about some things we'll do in the future. But thanks, as always, for your support of the top ten list. Load these many. It's hard to believe. Coming up on four years, top ten list. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And thank you. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. Been serving this great fan base for many, many years. Next time you're in town, go by and see them neatly positioned on the backside of campus. Just turn off 182 at this trooper station. Just follow that on around. Right before you get to Mississippi State's amazing campus, there's Campus Bookmart right there on the left. Go by and see their smiling faces. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. It's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75 bones, absolutely incomplete. Still got some cold weather around. Many of you have maybe been reluctant to go ahead and embrace that. But uh, you need that M over S hoodie. You need that Mississippi State men's or women's basketball shirt, the mock necks. Uh, Kathy Brown does such an amazing job making sure that you guys have the latest and greatest merchandise available to outfit your home, your pet, your RV, your office. I don't know what you have, but if you need to put some Mississippi State merch in it or on it, Campus Bookmark has it. All right. Ladies aren't the only uh, Mississippi State team to uh, have a big top 10 win here as of late. As you guys know, huge, huge win on Saturday. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And again, a sellout crowd. Three consecutive Saturdays that we had sellout crowds for the men's side. And um, as uh, some of our folks like to say, man, the hump started to bump again. Let's take a quick look back, and then we'll take a look forward to tonight's game against Ole Miss. Um, but uh, I, I didn't expect us to beat Auburn. I, I didn't think it was a good matchup for us. And, again, it goes to show you what coaching means. And it's not just about coaching. you got to go out there and execute. But what's interesting is, you know, we didn't get a huge game from Tolu, at least not in the stat column. He went out there and made some things happen, got them in some foul trouble early, too. Tolu is a handful. I mean, it really is. Uh, but Tolu just nine points in the game, 34 minutes of action, four and seven from the floor, and only got to the line uh, for two shots. You know, we got it. We got it. You, know, you don't want to pick apart a win, but uh, yeah, we we got to do a better job of getting him involved down there. But uh, you know, pull down eight boards for him. Uh, I thought DJ Jeffries was amazing in the ball game. Guys, twelve rebounds. Just the five points with 12 rebounds. And, again, just great defense. I mean, he's the tip of the sword, right? When we get out there and do that 1-3-1, one, one, DJ's the guy out there just harassing people to no end. With his length, he's a real problem. Josh Hubbard, 17 points, the third time he's been named SEC Freshman of the Week. 7 of 16 from the floor, 3 of 9. And the, the big three late when Auburn was making their final push and Josh knocked that shot down right in front of our bench. You just knew it was our day. And that's what we needed, right? We needed to get a perimeter shooting, and as consistently as a team, we're not what we need to be. But Josh has been a superstar for us, and we're doing a really good job getting him some open looks. But in my estimation, I thought the player of the game was Cam Matthews. And I think most of you would agree. Cam with a double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Got six of those boards on the offensive end. That led to some second-chance points for us. I thought Cameron Matthews played like a man possessed in that ballgame. 
Uh, did get some fouls, but kind of stayed out of foul trouble. And I thought a couple of those calls on Cam were really ticky-tack, too. I think Cam's just one of those guys who plays so physical, and he is such a you know a specimen out there running around. I think people sometimes expect him to foul when he does it. Uh, but he'll get in there and bang with them. But uh, six of nine from the floor, very good night for him. Two of six from the line. Uh, you know, we got to get better there. We're, we're, guys are 50% from the free throw line, nine of 18 in this ballgame. And perimeter shooting, five of 21. And, again, Josh kind of carries the weight for us there. we got to do a better job. Uh, there, DJ Jeffries, 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. Sean Jones, 1 for 4. Uh, had a really big make when he made it. Really caught one in rhythm. Uh, Shaquille Moore with a dozen points in the game. One of the keys we talked about in our preview is rebounding. And State out-rebounded Auburn 45-30. to How ridiculous is that? What a great job. And it was a team effort, right? I mean, it absolutely was. We talked about DJ with a dozen, Cam with 11. But uh, everybody had a hand in this deal. Uh, just about everybody on the floor. The only guy that didn't pull down a rebound was Trey Ford. He only played four minutes. It was a great, great team effort. And, again, obviously a point of emphasis for Chris Jans and his staff. And an Auburn team, extremely athletic. Extremely athletic. And that was, you know, you go back and look at the numbers here. You know, they didn't have anybody that had a great night on the glass except for Johnny Broom. And Johnny really kind of carried the weight for them in every aspect. 14 points, played 34 minutes, played more minutes than anybody, uh, scored more points than anybody. He did his best to keep them in this ball game, but there were sometimes it kind of felt like we were going to run away with this thing. It was even at the break at 21, and I remember uh, hearing that it was the lowest point total for both teams in the first half all year. That's a good thing for Mississippi State. We made Auburn play our game play our tempo, our style of play. And you got to come to Humphrey Coliseum and then try to beat us at our game. Yeah, we'll pack a lunch. State wins the second half by six points, 43-37, to and ultimately the game is 64-58. Uh, State now 14-6 and overall, 3-4 and in the league. Auburn drops to 16-4 and and 5-2 and in the league. But a huge, huge, huge win for your Bulldogs. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think most of us expected to lose that game. I did. And when you look up, all of a sudden, in midway through the first half, you're thinking, okay, Auburn's going to make a run. They really never did. And every time they did, State was able to answer. And then we were even at the half. It just kind of felt like, you know, if we can survive these first five minutes here, uh, you got a chance. And that's exactly what happened. You know, we went out there and we played really with some reckless abandon. And uh, it was State kind of bringing the tempo early in this second half. You know, Auburn comes out with a sense of urgency, but State answered their intensity. And so you kind of sustain that little opening salvo from them, and State just kind of nursed this thing along. You know, it's like every time Auburn would make a run, we would answer with a run of our own. A lot of mini runs in the game. But you start thinking here, you know, late – you know, Auburn's going to need some help. And if we can defend without fouling and not allow them to score without the clock running, we're going to win this ballgame. But the biggest shot in the ballgame is that three-point basket from Josh Hubbard with 137 to go to make it a 58-54 game. You just kind of felt like, hey, if we can get down here and uh, get a stop or two, make a free throw or two, we're going to get out of here with a big win. 
And, of course, we make the big mistake and foul Denver Jones and let them score a couple points without scoring. But Tolo gets one back, makes it a one possess, two, a three-point game, and then we get Shaquille Moore knocks down a couple free throws. So with 32 seconds to go, guys, it was a five-point game. We push it to six, and it was just really academic at that point. Uh, what a tremendous win for Mississippi State. And, and it's not like you look at it and say, you know what, hey, this just kind of came completely out of left field. And we beat Tennessee here. We've been very, very good at home. We got to figure out the road woes, though, guys. I mean, that's kind of where we are now. If we're going to take a step forward, we're going to have to uh, to pick up some road W's. Um, you know, state in the net. We're doing pretty good. You know, we're right there at 37 in the net. You know, in in the meaty part of things for sure. State six and zero on a neutral floor and eight and two at home, but zero and four in true road games. Against the quad one, we're three and four. Quad two, three and one, three and zero in quad three, and then five one against quad four. Of course, the loss to Southern still very significant. Now, kind of looking at here at Ole Miss, Ole Miss is fifty six in the net, and a lot of that, of course, has to do with their their non conference schedule. But a really loud win for them over the weekend against Texas A and M, seventeen and three. Overall, three and three on the road, two and zero on neutral floor, and then undefeated twelve and zero. In the pavilion, two and two against the quad one, two and one in quad two, six and zero against quad three, and seven and zero in quad four. And a lot of those games, you see a lot of oppor- not not a ton of quad one opportunities. And again, a non-conference schedule, really not very challenging. But uh, this is a, an Ole Miss team under the Chris Beard in uh, year one. This played really well at times. Let's kind of look and see how they got there. Uh, they open up with a win beginning of the year, a 10-point win over Alabama State. That's not going to inspire a lot of confidence. 69-59. They take down Eastern Washington. Uh, they get Detroit Mercy by one. That's the thing. Early on, they, even though they were playing some some non-conference opponents that didn't you know move the needle much, they were struggling to win these games. Uh, they get by Sam Houston by three. They beat Temple by one in Philadelphia. That's a pretty good win. It's a nice road win. NC State, they beat them by 20. Uh, they, they, they nip Memphis by three, and, you know, Penny Hardaway and those guys maybe not having the year that many envisioned, but still a great team. And, you know, they're going to be well coached. Uh, they get Mount St. Mary's. They nip Central Florida in Orlando, 70-68. They get California uh, in the Hall of Fame series out in San Antonio. They take them down by 10. Uh, they get Troy, not much of a competitive game there, 74-53. And then a 17-point win over Southern Miss. So you really feel like when they got in the month of December, Ole Miss kind of began to kind of find their stride a little bit. They take down Bryant. They lose at Tennessee. And a lot of people forecast that. And listen, Tennessee is a really good team. I don't think it says a whole lot about Ole Miss. And maybe says a lot about Tennessee. But when you have to put on a dark curl jersey and go play on the road in this conference, you're going to have to earn it. And Tennessee just kind of walloped Ole Miss early. They re- respond by getting Florida 103-85. And, again, that's a home game. The, the home team typically wins, right? Vanderbilt, they get them 69-56. And Vanderbilt's not a great team. Of course, Jerry Stackhouse said in the postgame, the best team money can buy. Sounds like sour grapes to me, Jerry. It's a different world. Uh, Ole Miss then goes to LSU and then loses 89-80 to to a you know, pretty mediocre LSU team. And then they have to go to Auburn. And they get absolutely embarrassed down there, 82-59. to 
the same Auburn team at State just beat. Well, they bounce back at home and they take care of Arkansas 77-51 and then go to College Station and win that game by three. And again, A&M couldn't make free throws down the stretch. Ole Miss did. That's the difference in the ball game. So, again, the non-conference schedule, not very challenging. But, you know, here's the deal, too. As a first-year coach, I want to kind of figure out what my team has. I want to figure out what they're capable of. But, again, Ole Miss has been really, 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 really good at home. Now, the probably the net ranking of those teams headed to Oxford so far maybe hadn't been as good as Mississippi State. But we're going to have our hands full this evening. There's, a, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it because they're undefeated at home and we're winless in true road games. So something's got to give in order for State to get the dub here tonight. Now, looking again inside the numbers here for Ole Miss, scoring 76.5 points a game compared to some of the teams that we have played as of late, this is an Ole Miss team that is not, not scoring with the same level of proficiency. This is a game that ultimately may boil down to a game in the 60s. We want to slow it down, play good defense, uh, Ole Miss is not a team that really gets out and runs as much as they have in years past. But they're also allowing 70 points. And we talked about this throughout uh, our preview here. When you go through the schedule, so many of these games, even in a non-conference, were very close. Now, the positive of that is, is that you've been there before. You don't have to panic, you know, when things get tight late. But uh, Ole Miss only averaging 6.4 more points than their opponents on the year. That's not a good number. Those 17 wins, though, still a loud number, 17 and 3 so far. Uh, you look at their, their field goal shooting, you know, right at 45%. Opponents are shooting 41%. I suspect that this is going to be one of those rock fight games, as Chris Jans calls them. It's going to be about hustle plays. It's going to be about rebounding, second chance points. It's not going to be an offensive masterpiece for either team, in my expe- expectations. Uh, Three-point shooting, Ole Miss shooting 38%. They're allowing 31%. Making 7.6 per game, allowing 7.1. And so these numbers are pretty consistent up and down. It's like you look at this and you say, okay, they're basically playing to the level of their competition more times than not. And you look at those wins and you say, you know what, hey, they're finding a way to win even without really doing anything exceptionally well. They're just not doing anything exceptionally poorly either. It's not scoring the way that they, they would hope, but they're, they're still finding a way to win late rebounding. They've been out-rebounded despite the level of competition. This is where I think State needs to kind of exert their influence here, especially on the interior. you got to stay out of foul trouble. But Ole Miss averaging 35.2 points, rebounds a game, pardon me. Their opponent's 36.9. So it's a negative 1.7. They're being out-rebounded on the season 738-704. State just out-rebounded a very athletic Auburn team by 15, an Auburn team that absolutely crushed Ole Miss. Granted, that game was on the Plains, but that's one thing that you look at right now. State's got to win on the glass, Period. Period. On the assist side of things, they are playing pretty good team basketball, handing out 15.4 assists, only allowing 13.4. They do turn it over a little bit, but they are forcing more turnovers than they commit. They turn it over 10 and a half times a game, and they're forcing just over 13 turnovers. Uh, points off turnovers, Ole Miss has been fairly optimistic here. 16.6 points a game, allowing 10.5. 172 steals, they've allowed 135. Uh, 126 on the blocks compared to 60. That's a pretty gaudy number in many respects when you look at the ratio, right? When you look at the, the comparison that 
they're not forcing shots inside, but they are blocking some shots inside. Uh, kind of two to one there. Look at some individual numbers here. And it's a new look team. Uh, there's still some names that you're going to be familiar with. Matthew Morell, of course. Feels like he's been there forever for them. Having a good year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, shooting 38% from beyond the arc. Averaging 16.6 points a game, leading the team. Alan Flanagan, the son of former Mississippi State assistant coach Wes Flanagan, averaging 15.6. Maybe nice to have him, right? And, and he is a, more of a two-point shooter, you know, just 10 of 36. Uh, Jalen Murray, 49 of 108 from beyond the arc for 45%, which leads a team. Averaging 14.7 points a game. And then uh, Jamin Brakefield right at a dozen. So four regulars averaging double-digit double digit figures for them. So it's a pretty balanced lineup. But it's not like, you know, playing Troy State years ago where they just line up and bomb you for three and then just kind of hold for the best. They are a team that can play some in the half court. They are a team, obviously, uh, that shares the basketball fairly well. But, uh, you know, all four of those guys that we'd mentioned double-digit scores started all 20 games for them. Uh, Jamari and Sharp has started 14 games for them, averaging 3.9 points. The only other guy with a start is Musa Cisse. Uh, six stars for him, but he has appeared in 14. TJ Caldwell, kind of the first guy off the bench for them, uh, has appeared in all 20 games, hasn't started any. But a 35% free throw shooter, and again, it's uh, averaging about a half dozen points a game. So, not necessarily a deep team. This is a team that plays a lot of minutes with their starters, but um, they've got a pretty good rotation at this point. And, uh, again, I think we're going to have our hands full. Are we capable of winning this game? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I expect to win the game. But if we go up there and we get out-rebounded and we don't play with the same tenacity we did against Auburn, we're going to get beat. I don't think this Ole Miss team has the offensive firepower that maybe some teams have in the past. And they've kind of tried to rebuild this thing through the portal, as you'd expect which is kind of where we are now uh, in college athletics, especially in basketball. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like State's chances in this ballgame, and it would mean an awful lot to us. And uh, I understand there's a lot of – there's a big, big group of Mississippi State students and fans that are making the trip. I always encourage you to get out and go do that as best you can. But, uh, again, an old Miss team that, uh, again, you can talk about their non-conference schedule, but they are finding ways to win. And if this thing is, you know – maybe a half dozen point ball game in the final couple of minutes, they're not going to fade. They're not just going to look up and say, okay, well, this thing is over. They had that opportunity against Texas A&M, and it was A&M that faded, not Ole Miss. So if a good Ole Miss team, again, not a dominant team by any stretch, but they have just simply found a way to manage ball games and win them late when the game is on the line. And there have been some times for us we haven't done that. So State needs to get some separation in this game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Let's take a quick look uh, at our men's basketball schedule. Those are the things that I begin to think about, too. You know, I'm talking about as the league here, not uh, just Mississippi State. But um, you know, the most important game, obviously, is the one tonight, not just because it's a rivalry game, because it is simply the next game. And we have got to find a way to get off the schneid with these road games. We've got to find a way to win. Uh, so you're going to have South Carolina at Tennessee. That's going to be kind of a early evening ball game. It's going to be 5:30 tip Central 
and then State will be right behind that. And, again, this game is played in Oxford. It's scheduled for a 7.30 tip. Sometimes they hold them if the earlier game runs long. And this South Carolina game at Tennessee, South Carolina again one of the surprises of the conference this year. I don't think they can compete with the athletes of Tennessee, so hopefully that game is over sooner rather than later. But they, it may be worth your interest and to kind of watch that game, kind of preview in hours. Now looking ahead to Wednesday, Alabama is at Georgia. Alabama ranked 24th in the country right now. Florida at Kentucky. Uh, the Wildcats now 10th. Arkansas is at Missouri. Vanderbilt is at, is at Auburn. That's exactly what Auburn needs after a bad week last week. You lose to Alabama and the Mississippi State. Uh, you bring in Vanderbilt, a team that's really, really struggled, to your home venue, a chance to kind of uh, change, you know, the, the taste in your mouth a good bit here. I look at the men's basketball standings now. And, again, you know, State right there in the thick of things. It's amazing what a couple of unexpected wins will do for you. But, uh, you know, we're three and four in the conference right now. Uh, need to pick up a dub. But Alabama leads the conference at 6-1. and one. Tennessee is 5-1. and one. We expect them to be 6-1 and one after this evening. But South Carolina, very surprising South Carolina team, is 5-2. and two. I do think they're going to come back into the pack. But uh, you, you can't in any way discount the job that they've done up there. Uh, I, I felt like when we lost that game, it was one that was going to stick with us. But, hey, South Carolina's had some staying power so far. Auburn now 5-2. and two. They went from being... Front runners in the SEC to drop in two games last week. And I've lost two in a row, which is the uh, probably the first time in a while that you've seen Auburn drop two games in a week like that to teams that they were, you know, ranked well ahead of. Uh, Kentucky 5-2, and two, Ole Miss 4-3, and three, and this is what makes this so big tonight. I mean, you win this one, all of a sudden you're 4-4 four and four after a very difficult stretch. And again, the schedule begins to kind of ease up after this. Florida four and three, Georgia four and three, Mississippi State three and four, A and M three and four, LSU three and four, and then you get Arkansas, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Guess Vanderbilt's five and fourteen overall. You know Auburn's licking their chops. Missouri zero and seven in the league, eight and twelve overall. And you start beginning to look at our schedule, and you begin to think about. How important games like tonight are, not just because it's a rivalry game, not just because it's a conference game. It's a resume-building opportunity for us uh, to pick up a road win. And, and at some point, you got to get some confidence. And you and you begin to think back about, like that Florida game last week, It's it ends 79-70. We made a late, late run at that thing. But Florida was in command. It's kind of the same thing at Kentucky. We made a big run there at the beginning of the second half, but they ended up beating us 90-77. You know, we've got to figure this thing out on the road. You lose by six at Columbia, South Carolina. I mean, you get the point that I'm making here. You know, we have let some games get away from us at times. But the reality of this is we, we have not played exceptionally well in true road games, like the Georgia Tech game, you know, 67-59. I mean, you look at this, well, you know, a couple shots here and there. It's never felt like that we, other than some non-conference games on neutral floor, has it ever felt like we've played in command of ourselves? And so that's got to start tonight. And, again, Ole Miss has been very good at home. Not going to discount them in any respect whatsoever. Like all of you, I understand their non-conference schedule wasn't extremely challenging. But they're stacking up wins. And, yes, the net kind of reflects the quality of competition. But it's an SEC game. we got to take care of business here. And what's interesting, you got – 
travel to Oxford, and then you got to go right back around and go to Alabama. That's your next one. So back-to-back road games, and uh, we'll be back in Humphrey Coliseum February 7th. It's a Wednesday game against Georgia. Georgia playing better than people anticipated. Then we take that road trip to Missouri, and, and they have really, really struggled. And so that's the thing you begin to think about. You know, if we, now you win this one, right? We talked about taking this thing, you know, like four-game like four quadrants. You, know, you lose that game to Florida, a game we feel like we had to have. You bounce back and get one you weren't expected to get against Auburn. Now you've got back-to-back road games, and uh, it'd be nice to get them both, but I just don't know if we're going to be able to get Alabama over there. I don't know if we can get Ole Miss tonight, but uh, I expect to win the game. But it's very important for us to win tonight, knowing we've got a road trip to Tuscaloosa next. And, again, the latter part of this schedule really, really, really kind of eases up for us with the exception of the fact that, um, you know, you get Kentucky and, and LSU again. I mean, Kentucky, excuse me, Kentucky and Auburn again. We've got to go to the Plains over there. Uh, but you do get one more shot at South Carolina, and I'm interested to see what we'll look like and what they'll look like at that point. But uh, that, that's kind of shaping up to be a ball game that's very important for Mississippi State. But this thing's going to be over before you know it. I guess it's already, it's already the end of January. Uh, but I, I think State's going to win tonight. I, I think if State can stay out of foul trouble and State can go down there and win the rebounding battle, and they should, I think State's going to win this ball game. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse, and you can see all the pictures from their Facebook page. Everything just comes up. Stark Vegas Clubhouse is the place to stay when you're bringing a large group to Starkville. Whether it's a work crew, whether you're just kind of bouncing around the Golden Triangle, maybe it's a staycation. I don't know what you want to do. Maybe you bring everybody in for a ball game weekend. Listen, rather than go out and rent five hotel rooms, just rent the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. It's a house, right? It's the former clubhouse on the old country club. Just five minutes from the Mississippi State campus, you can buy some groceries, you can cook. Uh, it's not to say you shouldn't get out and go enjoy some dining while you're here, but uh, it makes it a little more affordable when you can stay under one roof and everybody can just dine together. And you don't have that stranger just kind of interloping into your events when you're down in the lobby or you're in the lounge there enjoying an adult beverage. Uh, you can just stock the uh, the fridge there at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse with all the adult beverages or Diet Cokes or flavored waters, whatever you want. Now, when you Google, you're going to have the option to book through Airbnb or VRBO uh, or the Evolve website. It's up to you. It is. But if you book through the Evolve website, we can save you some money with promo code BSR10. That gets you 10% off your stay. Again, you could pay more, but why would you want to? 10% off through the Evolve website. Stark Vegas Clubhouse doing an amazing job. I had some friends stay there a while back. They loved it. They loved the fact that they had the communal areas where they can kind of all get together and congregate and work and recreate. And you got that big porch out back. You can sit out there and kind of enjoy taking in the countryside and also to that great fire pit area. Uh, also a wet bar. Yeah, how cool is that? Whatever you need available to you at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. All right, let's talk a little recruiting before we get out of here in the final few minutes we have. Uh, yeah, recruiting rankings are all kind of coming in now. State currently ranked 33rd overall. We hope to get in the top 30. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen unless we get some uh, big transfers late. I'm not holding my breath on that. But um, now with uh, 30 enrollees, 15 from the high school ranks, and then 15 from the transfer ranks. Now, the players that you have left, uh, there have been – Eight that have signed, one of those, San Francisco McGee, not officially announced yet. He's doing a uh, signing day ceremony on February 7th with his teammates. 
he'll be officially announced then. He's not an early enrollment guy anyway. But uh, So you have McGee and then Terrence Hibbler, T.J. Lockhart, Fred Clark, both of Winona, Xavier Gayton, Ja'Cory Whited, Jatavius Johnson, and Ricky Johnson all on track to enroll after their May graduations. So a, a ton of guys already. It's a 38-man class, and 30 of these are enrolled in class and will take part in spring classes, uh, off-season conditioning workouts, and, of course, spring practice. Bit of a surprise in many respects, Stonka Burnside. We were told that he was trending towards making it. And that's the thing, too. You go back to around November, and people are like, you know what, Steve? Nah, he's, uh, he's going to be a May graduate. Give Stonka Burnside a lot of credit. He told the people at the Under Armour game he's going to be an early enrollment guy. It went down to the wire, but they got it done. He got the work done, which says a lot about him, says a lot about his mother, says a lot about the people at Starville High School that worked with him to ensure he had the opportunities to graduate early, and now he's here. And you begin to think about this wide receiver room and how invaluable spring practice is for them. It's a new offense. Chad Bumpus's tutelage will be available to them. So rather than having to kind of figure it out in fall camp, these guys are going to know the terminology. They're going to understand the concepts of the offense, which really, I think, gives this program and this team a running start. That's an important aspect of this. you got the bulk of your newcomers on campus for spring practice. And again, a handful of those guys, mainly on defense, right? I mean, you know, outside of uh, you know, Frisco, most of these guys – uh, that are coming in, going to be some defensive guys. I guess, um, you know, running the numbers here, probably a little more on the offensive side. But, uh, you know, Hippler, Lockhart, and Clark, I don't know how much we're expecting them to play this year. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the class. I, I think we're a difference maker or two short on the defensive side of the football, and hopefully we can get that here in the weeks to come uh, with the NCAA transfer portal. It's so difficult once school starts uh, to try to navigate through all that. But, um that's kind of where things stand with the 2024 class. Now, 2025, as you guys know, uh, guys, we're off to a really good start. Got three commitments right now. There's a couple other guys that I believe would commit if we pushed. But when you begin to kind of look at this thing, there's some guys out there, especially on the offensive line, it's probably best if we take our time here. Take our time and kind of you know make sure that this is the guy we want. Maybe take the spring evaluation period. And I don't know if you don't wait to even get in camp. And kind of see how things go. Akeel and Deer, running back out of Quitman, Mississippi, was on campus last weekend. Uh, Mississippi State, one of, if not his first offer, loves Mississippi State. Will go through the process. A highly recruited guy. Uh, he's probably another guy, too, that will add more options after the spring evaluation period. I, I think he is clear in a way the number one running back in the state of Mississippi. And we're actually going to have, I think, maybe three or four Division One guys this year at the running back position that'll play running back. A lot, a lot of times in high school, you, know, you want to target these running back guys just because of the fact so many of them are just the great athletes. And so on the high school level, they're given the football to allow them to make a, a bigger impact on the game. But I think Akeelan Deer is easily the number one running back. State is very much in the mix with him. I'm not going to say that State leads. I'm not ready to say that. Uh, but certainly a very talented player that State's involved with. Now, Caleb Cunningham recently announced his top 12. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but see, guys, Mississippi State is a team to beat for Caleb Cunningham. I'm not going to sit here and say the hay's in the barn, but State is in a really good position. Chad Bumpus has done a great job. Jeff Levy's done a great job. J.J. Harrell and Stonka Burnside have done a great job trying to make him feel like, hey, you're part of this. We want you to be a part of this. 
He's just down the road in Ackerman at Choctaw County High School. A lot of people close to him want him to stay close to home. Uh, Tennessee and LSU have both uh, made some really nice impressions on him. But as it stands today, Mississippi State is the team I expect to see everybody else chase. Now, one of the most important things for us is we're going to have to win some games. We've got to go out there and show kids like Caleb Cunningham, hey, you're not, you're not going to come waste your career here at Mississippi State. You're going to be part of something special. And I think the fact that he has the ability to do it close to friends and family is very important. Now, Anson Lewis out of uh, Columbia High School, that's right, the Columbia High School, my alma mater, as well as uh, Walter and Eddie Payton. We do big things in Marion County. Anson Lewis is a guy, too, that's got a ton of offers and uh, a guy, too, that uh, helped Columbia High School uh, reach the state championship game last year. They just didn't have enough against uh, against Louisville. But uh, I think Anson Lewis is a guy, too, that is the cusp of his recruitment is pretty sharp. He is a guy that I think is going to add more options. And uh, it would be great if you could get him. I do know State's made a good impression with him. I do get the sense right now, though, that he's probably looking out of state. Micah Jones tied in out of Madison Central. I absolutely love this kid. I don't think he's evaluated properly just yet. I think he's a true tight end. You could flex him out a little bit. He could play also some attached tight end. Great size, 6'5", 225. Incredible athlete. A guy that probably has some NFL potential. We had Tyler Miller from Laurel on campus this past weekend. This is another guy, too. Big, a big war daddy right here. Will be a left tackle. I guess possibly a right tackle, but he will be a tackle. Like what you're seeing from him. He had a great visit to Mississippi State. Cody Kennedy doing a great job there. Also had Mario Nash Jr. I like him as a right guard. Uh, State, one of the first ones to offer him. He's another guy, too, that's maybe a little more advanced in his recruiting process than many others because of the fact that he and his dad hit the road last year, saw a lot of schools. Uh, defensively, I think it's a really good year in state, too. Uh, Kevin Otis out of Hattiesburg, State's doing a good job there. Andrew Maddox, we were hoping he'd get here last weekend. That's a big defensive lineman out of Oak Grove. I think Ole Miss is clearly a team to beat here. His younger brother, A.J. Maddox, signed with Ole Miss. And then there's Reginald Vaughn from Hartfield Academy. Hartfield is loaded. Probably a dozen kids or half a dozen kids on that team already got Division I offers. Uh, Tyler Lockhart, of course, you know your connections there with Fred Clark and TJ. You feel like this is simply a matter of time. I love Cortez Thomas from uh, from Holmes County. Had a chance to see him play against the old Gentry this year. They're absolutely loaded on defense with Holmes County, and State appears to be in a really good position with him. Uh, Jacorby Hobson, the younger brother of Janoris Hobson, probably going to be a linebacker, recently took a visit to Arkansas. I think we're going to have to work hard to get him. I'm not exactly sure how the Hobson family feels about Mississippi State after Janoris leaving. I'm not going to sit here and say there was some uh, negativity because I don't know that. Uh, but uh, that's just always something you kind of on the horizon you have to consider. And of course, Kamario Taylor has made multiple visits to Mississippi State. Uh, he is your quarterback. You like him on campus as much as possible. Love this kid's game. I think he elevates us in, in many respects. And there's Jalen Parnell out of Pascagoula. He likes State, but I think he's a guy, too, that you got to watch Ole Miss with. Ole Miss got a lot of connections down there around Pascagoula. Not that State hadn't pulled some good players out of there, but you kind of understand where things stand. But I think it's going to be a year where State's going to do really well in State. I think a lot of Mississippi State fans probably need to uh, kind of prepare for a pretty exciting recruiting season. And I'm eager to see what Jeff Lebby and this staff can do with a full year to work with. 
All right, that's going to do it for today. If you hadn't done so, go to winthebottomfalls.com, and you can order the new book there. And uh, also, all my sports titles are there as well. So if you need Alpha Dogs, Dogpile, Stark Villains, or Flim Flam, you can get that at the same link. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, go to starkvillains.com. Get a T-shirt, get a hoodie, uh, available in a variety of colors. If you live in the greater Starkville area, you can even get them in your high school colors, which is great, great and always come join us at jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.